Welcome to the Dave and Steve Show. I am Steve, and sitting right alongside me from Parts Unknown is the lovely Ann Buxom, Tracy. Boy, I can't wait to get on with this show. There's so much going to go on. I I, I agree. We, we have some things in the pipe. Now, again, you hear that just my voice coming in at first, you, you probably clued in that Dave's not here, man. So he's he's away, which means uh, Tracy and I are going to get up to all kinds of hijinks that that will probably bother him. Um, yeah, Dave, uh, his work took him to North Dakota, which it often does. It's the least visited uh, state in the United States and I think the fourth largest nuclear power. But it's uh, it's the least visited state. Yeah, it's absolutely. Oh, because South Dakota is where the the uh, Mount Rushmore is, right? Right, exactly. I think uh, I think one of my favorite and most obscure Onion articles was uh, just the just the headline that said uh, South Dakota thinking maybe of putting Mount Rushmore on their state quarter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe we'll maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll put. Yeah, we'll put that on there. Um, There is is a there is a very charismatic llama that lives down in the uh, southwestern tip. But uh, yeah, Mount Rushmore is going to have to be it. Did I did I tell you that um, uh, Wendy's grandfather? There's a photo of him standing. Now, he and his best friend took a long motorcycle ride. back in the thirties or something like that. Sure. And so this is pre Sturgis. Yes. Yeah. Pre Sturgis. Um, and the, um, like the motorcycle came out and then the next year they got on one and they rode it across <laughs> the United States. So um, there's a picture of him in like his big old motorcycle leathers and like, you know, the big goggles and stuff yes. um, standing and he's facing um, Mount Rushmore that is being carved. It is in it is mid carving. It so it still had like Calvin Coolidge on it before they were like, no, nobody wants Calvin Coolidge before on this they damn corrected thing. It. <laughs> yeah. And then they were like Martin Van Buren. I don't know. What can we do with this rock here? Out of giant sideburns? No, 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 no. I think we're just going to have to make him Teddy Roosevelt. So dynamite um, it. Yeah. Yeah. Start over. Um, but uh, it's a really cool photo of him standing there in front of it, um, you know, pondering this incredible monument that was, um, I believe it was already previously um, an indigenous person's, um, you know, land, uh, land monument that they had already kind of really liked. And uh, we turned it into something else, which wasn't. <laughs> You know, uh, in hindsight, uh, we should probably not have done that. But well, but, but uh, I, you know, to be honest with you, would it have killed them to made uh, invent dynamite and go about, you know, making something cool with it? Because that, because usually the society with dynamite wins. It that typically happens. Um, it yeah, it, it's 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 not always the it's not always the the right thing, but you know, something's <laughs> got to go on the back of that quarter. So 
The, yeah, you know, the quarters don't uh, the quarter ideas don't come up with them just, by themselves. You so can't just mint a prairie. Field. What what was it before? So we're talking about we're talking about the uh, the uh, the Badlands, then, right? Right, right. But that particular mountain was considered. To, I, I, you know what? I could totally look this up, but I'm not. I'm not going to right now. I was hoping you'd make something up and riff off of it, but yeah, uh, I'm not going to do that because that seems <laughs> that that in itself seems disrespectful. But not um, quite as much as just putting four presidents on it. Right. It, right. Yeah, so, right. Anyway. So anyway. So Mount Rushmore. Um, I'll send you that picture. You'll 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 think it's pretty great. I, I would love to see it. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll post it on the Dave and Steve Show website that doesn't exist, but uh, it used to exist. Do you remember the old website? I do. I do with yeah. the, with the frames uh, built in <laughs> Net, Netscape Navigator. Um, no, we didn't do it. even no even our uh, even Atomic <laughs> Potato didn't use frames. Didn't use frame. Nobody uses frame. Oh. Built off of the GeoCities engine, um, but um, uh, anyway. So, what did you get up to in the last uh, in the last week? Well, I had an amazing uh, I had amazing plumbing issue. Ooh! And so, when you think about plumbing issues, you think about oh my gosh, your house water running where it shouldn't, yeah, or water not running where it should. This right. is basically the, the heart of all plumbing issues exactly and you're like did your insurance cover it was it was how bad was it but it wasn't my house it wasn't it wasn't interesting it wasn't your house no it was not my house this plumbing issue was kind of like kind of south of my belt loops if you know what i mean so Uh, oh (laughs) so what i had to do is like i had an issue where (laughs) Oh no, Tracy. So I had an issue that had been uh, sort of uh, uh, going on for a while. And by going on, I mean, not going on. So it's, so it's basically, this is one of those plumbing issues where water should be running and it's not. Okay. Right. Okay. And so you're wondering, I, I have copper pipes. Should I upgrade to PCV? Should, are they clogged? Okay. Do, are they soldered wrong? Is there is there sediment in my tank? Sounds, These are all it things. Sounds like sediment in your tank. Yes. And so one of the things that you know, uh, the <laughs> sediment in the tank is one of the things that actually is a is a health risk for me. So uh-huh. so I do actually I can't get into my uh, my uh, plumber doctor for a couple months because you know we're coming out of a uh, a, a global situation and uh-huh. he's backed up i'm backed up and i need to like know like what's going on so he says hey one of the things you can do is you can uh put some drano uh <clears throat> in your pipes i'll prescribe you some and that will kind of relax your pipes and if there's anything that can uh release some of the sediment it'll go Okay, now's a good time to break in and uh, remind the Dave and Steve show listeners that we are uh, we are engaging in a giant metaphor here. <laughs> so um, please do not be confused in that you should drink Drano. Uh, you right, do, this, do this is a that. metaphor. Yes. So basically uh, something that uh, Flomax entered my life. Right. And so Flomax is a, for, it's a muscle relaxer that targets uh, long muscle tissues <clears throat> that are mostly dominant in the area where you make potty. <laughs> so <laughs> now it entered your life. Did it enter through your mouth? 
Yeah, you know, it, it did. Okay. So this was just a normal pill. And so I'm thinking, I'm thinking, first of all, they he, he says, we need to make sure that your bladder is actually working right. So when I say the tank and sediment, uh, I think you're following, kind of picking up what I'm laying down I here. I am. So, uh, you know, most of our listeners are. Maybe some of the uh, the... Maybe some of the Canadian listeners aren't. I'm not sure. And we're not putting them down. I'm just saying, like, it's just a different... Do they have different words for plumbing in Canada? They have milk in a bag. Are, ooh, that's yeah, that's, so that's intriguing. That's Tell me more about that later. Let's put a pin in that. Yes, um, just uh, bookmark that for a minute. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, so anyway, it's like, uh, so I get an ultrasound. Two things are discovered. That my bladder is mostly emptying, and I still don't have a uterus. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so th- both, like both are, that's news I can live with. Have you been and trying then, to grow a uterus? I haven't, but uh, I did comment. Uh, I don't, well, I can't say that for sure. I don't know that I haven't tried, but I, I've not been successful. And okay. I remember saying she squirts and she gets like the tube of uh, the gel out, right? The gel that's uh, for the. <laughs> The gel for the ultrasound. She gets it out. Okay. It's in a tube. And I remember I commented to her that uh, I said, hey, uh, I said, uh, when my wife had an ultrasound for our third child, we, she had warmed the the uh, the fluid, uh, the goo was like all warmed up. Okay. And she looked at me and said, uh, Urology doesn't do that. She just squirted <laughs> cold goo on my abdomen. So if I didn't have the already terrible indignity of sitting there with my pants half down, my shirt up, like <laughs> I'm ready to pat my stomach. Like I'm going to do the uh, in a God to defeat a drum solo on my stomach, you know? And so uh, so she squirts cold goo on there. She, uh, she rubs it around and she's like, okay. And, uh, she hands me a towel and I clean myself up. Uh-huh. Gosh. So, so dehumanizing. Well, and then that was it. I mean, it's just, I mean, you, some, that's just something you got to do sometimes. Um, but, uh, wow. So that's, a, that, that's a lot. That, I mean, that's a lot to take in and to try and push out. I mean, yes, that's so, but, I, I, but I'm, but I'm uh boy. Am I peeing? Like, uh, I, I'm peeing. I'm, I'm peeing like a 25 uh, year old. Really? Now, currently. So yeah, well, no, I mean, but, but pretty good. I, it feels good. So I, I feel like I, I'm, I'm older now and I go a lot more. Like I, like I, it's, it's urgent. I have to go. I have to go I would, much more frequently. I would much rather have the constant urge to go than the feeling I have to go and the inability to go. Because is uh, kidney stones have been a big part of my life, and, and it's I have a love hate relationship with them. What, uh, the you, hate what, part, what do you love about kidney stones? Well, the uh, ironically, kidney stones uh, allowed me to have a C scan that gave me an incidental discovery of. Uh, a problem in one of my kidneys, ah. uh, which saved my life. So like, <laughs> it was like, I hated kidneys so much. And they were like, Oh yeah, we just saved your life. What do you think of us now? Yeah. And I'm like, I, well, I expect still... you to look at me like kidney stones saved my life, Steve. 
I, I kind of <laughs> wanted to, to give that to you, but no, they're terrible. They, they make, it was the first time, the first time I wanted to die. Now, I mean, it happens so often, I don't even think about it. But the first time I wanted to die was in the middle of kidney stone pain. I was 17 years old and thinking, I've had enough. Like, this is, I need to go right now. Right. And so um, that was an, an immense amount of pain. And then, of course, you know, now that I'm much more mature, I, I, I battle that urge every day. So that's no big deal. But I mean, at 17, it was quite an awakening. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I imagine, I imagine it was. And thankfully I have not had to deal with this on my own. So, you know, knock on imitation wood. There's no wood. There's no wood here. Maybe it's a uh, bamboo. Just, yeah. Possible. Well, bamboo's yeah. technically a grass. Um, yeah. Yeah. In case you, you know, so that's that's that. really all all I did. I did, you know just besides just battling the the constant will to live. But what about you? You know, um, I I, uh, I I had a I had a few interesting things um, happen this this week. But the the funnest of the interesting things was I I was out in the backyard and I'm mowing my lawn. Right, it's a very mm. small patch. Mm. It's about the size of a regulation bocce court. It's not quite. But uh, I know there's a lot of bocce enthusiasts out there that that know yeah, exactly our what I'm talking about. Demographics show that our audience is into Italian lawn bowling. <laughs> so so much it's it's catching on. Um, so I'm out there. I'm I'm mowing, and I typically let my grass get pretty long before I do the first cutting. And you know, I tried to reseed my lawn a couple of weeks ago and make sure that everything takes and all that good news. So I'm out there, I'm, you know, making, making some passes out there and I see as I'm, you know, making this box around my uh, lawn that this bird is diving into the grass and dive in, jumping out and diving in. I'm like, these are the same birds that get bothered when, when I get too close to their nests in, in our, you know, flower pots that are hanging off the side of the house. Are they they like juncos? I, I'm not a birder. I just, I don't, I don't know. You're, you're the one that does all the bird calls, man. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, I am an expert. Yes. It, it sounds like, like juncos. It yes. looks like a generic bird, right? Um, right. Yeah. It's a bird bird. Um, and, uh, it's going, and I'm like, oh, oh, there's probably a nest in the middle of my lawn. So I, I gingerly walk over to where this bird has been going in and out. And I, you know, I stop the mower and, and sure enough, down there, there's a, there's a nest with four eggs in the middle of my lawn in the middle. And there, so I can't, I, I can't mow that spot. So I leave like a four by four, um, foot patch of grass, like super tall grass in the middle of this small area of lawn. Right. It looks <clears throat> like, um, it, it looks like some very creative body trimming is what it looks like um, now. So I have a, but I have a question about this. Okay. How does Ron Dam feel about this? I, I don't know. So, I mean, I want you to put yourself in your father's shoes for just a moment and then like ask yourself the question, what would your dad do? Because uh, he, he, uh, he seems like he, I don't, he might be a lover of birds, but he also might have a more practical way of handling this. Well, 
better another generation would. So they have, my, my parents have a lot of birdhouses. Um, a, a lot, a lot, many birdhouses. They, they have so many birdhouses and they, they are lovers of birds and they feed the birds and, you know, it's kind of a daily chore. Um, my father fed quail out in the front yard for a long, long time. I think he still probably even does, but, uh, they, they have a giant bird like condominium complex up on a, on a 12 foot pole in the middle of their pristine, you know, big, you know, award-winning garden. Right. So they, they love birds. So they would, I'm I'm pretty sure they would leave these birds alone, but in a few days, maybe like a week or so, these eggs are going to hatch and the birds are going to get fed and then they're going to leave. And then I'll be able to mow that patch of grass, (laughs) but it is so dumb. Um, in order to make sure I don't step on it, right? Like I'm gonna, I, uh, I took this old, um, ADT sign that sticks, sticks in your lawn and I put it, yes. you know, like half a foot away from it so that it can mark to act near, as a warning. Exactly where it is. And I, I joke that I install the, you know, nest security system for it. And what really pisses me off about this is not that. Not that it happened and that there's that I can't mow the grass. It's that this bird family is so lazy. There, there are a thousand places that they could build a nest. There is a perfectly good birdhouse that we hung for them to build a nest in that nobody it's complete. It's vacant, right? It's a, it's a good birdhouse and, you know, new construction. I think birds are the laziest species on the earth. And the reason that I know this is because there is no other animal species that humans actually go build miniature versions of their own houses. (laughs) 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 Nobody makes like miniature version of like a house and says, you know, bears are going to, bears are going to have a, you know, they're spend their winter in this house because they're, they're too lazy to make their own. Right. Right. It's, it, we have to do this for birds. I mean, it's almost like they, we're almost, I don't know, maybe they just would stop building their own houses if we did, if we didn't build houses. Maybe. I mean, I, I feel like often we're doing them a solid, but, um, but also they're like, they hate us. <laughs> they're not, they're not super excited about helping us out. Now my neighbor feeds crows um, every day. And crows are supposedly super smart and like she knows them. They know her. They know her face. Um, They like her. Um, They're excited when she comes around. So there's like this, I don't know, it's it's a big murder of crows that comes in and one seagull, like, like two of the crows um, adopted an egg and it hatched and it was a seagull. And, and they're like, ah, and they're like yeah, you know what? We're all, we're all birds. And it's like, like that a family se- picture of the jerk. You remember? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Martin yes. Movie. Yeah. That seagull is Steve Martin. And the seagull is, um, it is popular. Like, you know, a is a little bigger than the other crows. Like it can, it can lift stuff that the others right. can't. And they, like, they kind of get along. Like they don't, they don't really 
well, they're, they're both kind of semi. They're kind of carrion birds. They're, they're, right, and they're and they're they have a lot in common. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's their cultural differences. I think that separate them. And if they spend time together, this is a perfect analogy. Spend time together, they find that they have more in common than they ever dreamed. Exactly. Exactly. It's the bird media that tries to convince th- them that, that there's more differences. Them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They they're. They're, they're, they're good friends. And you know, crows live a long time. Anyway, why can't these dumb birds that built a nest in the middle of my lawn be more like the crows next door that are a little more freewheeling and, uh, and, uh, you know, what they, they kind of watch out for the, uh, uh, the neighborhood. But, uh, we had a, we had a bobcat in the neighborhood, um, recently, um, didn't know that, but that was like right across the street. It's it's big it's big news day it, uh, up here in uh, Northern Kirkland. Uh, I'm going to tell you, but uh, we have a bear that lives like within a mile of our house, and so there's there there are bear all over the place um, where I live. But I, for some reason, I am like uh, I I I I am bear repellent. Like I haven't seen a bear in since I was a kid. Uh-huh. And I've, I've been to Yellowstone where they say, like, you can't throw a dead cat without hitting a bear. Right. And but I ne- I, I never saw a bear the whole time I was at Yellowstone. Oh, man. And there was bear. I went to Alaska fishing where the my fishing guide told gave me a 44 Magnum pistol and said, uh-huh. if a bear comes, you may need this, but let the bear have the fish. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, if I have the gun, maybe I have a chance against the bear. And he's like, no, no, no. And so I'm <laughs> you, like, well, why do don't. I have the gun? He's like, that's so the bear doesn't eat you. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. But again, I was in Alaska a couple times. No bear. Right. Right. I never saw one. So I, I don't, I think, I think there's something about me. Bears just know to stay away from. I, uh, I, I, it'd be i'd be okay um getting getting killed by a bear that i mean that's that's a that's a story i want told about me it's like hey you heard steve died oh how did, what, was how it, did he die was it a heart attack no bear attack it was a bear attack <laughs> bear really yeah. poor steve did he he never had a chance no he went out the way he wanted to go man <laughs> He did. He died doing what he loved. Yeah, he Screaming he was run, he was running. You could see he was running, but he wasn't really into. It. I know he. I've seen him run faster. Um, he want he, he wanted that bear to catch him. Bear. He was just toying. He wasn't really trying to get away. He was just playing hard to get. But finally, he succumbed. Yep, yep. And the bear got him. But you know what? A thing to be on your on your tombstone, though, right? You know. <laughs> Just a picture of you just cowering under a bear on its hind legs. Yeah, and the, and the tail grows taller every every time it's told. Like, oh, he fought that bear for twenty minutes. You know, like no, nobody lasts twenty minutes against a bear. It's 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 five seconds, and uh, and the nah, deci- the decision was... is always bear. <laughs> so <laughs> nobody heard him screaming. He's just uh, he just died. Yep, he's and he's so he's so happy about it. He's just so darn pleased, um, you know, dead, but pleased. Um, so what the hell are we talking about? Birds, bears, 
Birds, bears, beavers, Battlestar Galactica, urinary tract. <laughs> Battlestar Galactica. Oh boy, Dave's not here, and he's oh my goodness. Hey, you know what, Tracy? I have been thinking mm-hmm. about uh, changing over the uh, the oil for the popcorn I make. Um, I've been no, yes, yes. You've been you've been now. You, our listeners don't know that, uh, and who could know? But uh, Steve, uh, there, Steve's humble about a lot of things. What? But popcorn what is not things? one of those things. No, it's not. He he is particular. <laughs> I definitely and that is a nice way of saying he's a snob about uh, popcorn. And he has uh, very militant views about popcorn, some casual views, some good advice. Some strong opinions. Some strong if you're going to have strong opinions, sure. popcorn is a good one to have opinions about because it's it's not going to change anybody's life. Um, it's not telling somebody, you know, really how to, you know, fundamentally be different or anything like you just, you just, you have a, you have, you have a, no, it a was, strong uh, opinion. It was on like it. around 12 years ago, I had posted something on uh, a social media site about popcorn and you responded. You were the first one to respond within like a second of me posting that, that said, uh, that stuff will kill you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you you must have posted about microwave popcorn because I am. Well, I am, it was uh, it wasn't just microwave popcorn. It was like bacon flavored microwave popcorn. Oh, at the time, something that doesn't even exist anymore, and uh, and I don't even know, have evidence that I even consumed it. Well, I mean, there's there's popcorn flavorings that you can buy that are that are cool. They're great. There's lots of really cool popcorn flavorings out there, but. Um, it's the, it's the chemicals that are in the pre-packaged bags. You can make microwave popcorn, just do it yourself in your own bowl and, you know, figure that out. Don't make the pre-packaged stuff. It's just ter- It's really bad for you. And nobody will tell you big popcorn, you know, has a lot of, yeah, particularly of women. Yeah. Particularly women. It's really bad. Really, really bad yeah. for you. Um, so Anyway, I've been thinking about changing the oil that I'm using. And now I've been, I've been using coconut oil quite a bit. Sure. And it's good. And And you influenced me on this. And it's, this was before it was available anywhere. And you had to like get it from Iraq or someplace. (laughs) Something like that. You now you you get it at Costco. It's very, it's very reasonable. It's, you know, it's a good oil to use. I like the, I like the flavor of it. I really like the flavor of it. Um, But I, I'm thinking I might go back to like peanut oil because it's, it's, uh, considered healthier. I'm also considering canola oil because it's supposedly the most healthy oil. And I find people that use olive oil, they just, they just hate themselves. Olive oil goes for a lot of things, but I did that in popcorn once and I threw it away. Yeah, you, like, I, was, yeah. Oh, Olive yeah, oil and popcorn no good. oil. But peanut so, oil. So you're saying rapeseed oil, as it's uh, often known. Yeah. Outside yeah. of the United States. Right. Is, uh, is a canola oil, which is great. It makes for crispier French fries. Right. It's got a, and it's I've got used, a high I've used smoke it, point. I've used it in popcorn. I'm. It's okay. Yeah. So tell, so tell me what you're thinking. Well, I'm going to get a small batch of it. And I'm going to try, I'm going to try some because it's supposedly much better for you. Popcorn's good for, it's a good, it's a good snack to have. Um, and 
it's it's slightly less healthy when you use oil. But if you're going to use an oil, I understand that canola or rapeseed oil is the way to go. Uh, peanut oil also is um, very flavorful, of you know, high smoke point, and I've used it and I've really liked it. It's not like, I mean, it's hard. It's harder to find than. than and you can uh, smoke it. You can uh, like deep fry a turkey in it afterwards. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna keep it, but you're not because it's all gonna end up in those. Uh, in those kernels. So, Oh, that's a fair point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) the only other news I have is, um, my son passed his written driving test and he's going to be doing his, his driving driving test this weekend. So, so how long did he, did he, so I have a son that is asking me about the driver's test and I have to pretend like I remember it. Okay. And so, and I told him, look, uh, at my age, I don't remember it. And I, nobody my age follows the actual rules of the road anymore. We have long since like followed this sort of collaborative social contract. Yes. <laughs> that is the road. We don't, <laughs> we don't know any rules anymore. We we've, yes, I've been through that. Um, he, he, he asked me, so if I'm doing X the, and, uh, but Y is involved, does that mean that I can, I can, uh, slow down to 25 miles. And I'm like, I, is that a thing? I don't, I don't know. You're going to need to look that up before your just test. Look, look, just don't drink. Don't drink and drive. Just he said to- he got one. He, he thinks he got one of the questions wrong on his written test that had nothing to do with driving. It had to do with um, how much a person weighs versus, drinking alcohol or smoking marijuana. And I'm like, why do you need to, why do you need to know that to drive? Because you need to know you shouldn't be drinking or using the, using the pot while, while driving. Well, one of the things that I love to do is one of my hobbies is to drink too much or use too many drugs too and many, then too many to marijuana calculations. Yeah, too many marijuanas. <laughs> and then do some quick calculations based upon my body mass index, my weight, how much I've consumed over the last few hours, or uh, convert it to metric, and then get in the car and figure out whether or not I'm uh, ready to drive or not. And uh, and I've I don't want to brag, but I've always been right. Well, and accurate. I and I my hats off to you, Tracy. I I just. I, I think that if he's going to get questions wrong on his written driving test, it needs to be the bullshit story problems. <laughs> two trains leave opposite stations at. Uh, uh, he yeah. he needs to know what shapes of signs to stop at. <laughs> he needs to know what the numbers mean on the signs, and and he needs to know which lines he can cross. That's yeah. That's really what gonna, he needs to know. When he's our age, he has a robot driving for him. Right. While while he's uh, making love with another robot in the back seat. <laughs> I I don't I don't see that in his future, but but uh, but I, I'm not even gonna say maybe on that. That just that just really puts him in a weird place. I I don't think that's. It, the the future is a weird the place. robot driving yeah maybe <laughs> but i i mean let's 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 cut him some slack <laughs> um 
he's going to be, uh, he, he's, he's got this, he's got this, uh, pickup that he's pretty excited about, uh, driving in. Um, he, uh, he goes back and forth. We have this, this fancy electric car that, um, that he drives a lot and then he'll, then he'll get into, you know, my old Subaru and it is like, it, it's like go getting into a, after driving the electric car, it's like getting into a go-kart. It's that's what it's yeah. like. It's like it, you're in this, you know, vehicle that, you know, uses battery powers, these brushless motors and, and, you know, very few moving parts and it goes really, really fast and it's super powerful. And then you get into this car that runs on explosions that take place three feet away from your crotch. So yes, as a, as a motorcyclist, I'm aware, well aware of what <laughs> no. can occur between your legs So that uh, can be disturbing. So it's this whole other world that, that he's, he's bouncing back and forth uh, from, and it's, it, it's, it's very, very different for him. And uh, I'm excited for him to take the test. He's going to do great. So, well, I, I think, I think it'll be great. And I, and I, and I hope to hear how that goes. And I, and because your son is about, uh, six months older than mine, uh, there is about, uh, I'm, 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 I always kind of have leaned on your stories, uh, to, uh, <laughs> to what's know coming. what's going to, yeah, what's coming <laughs> next. And so, uh, I, I always, uh, I, I, I remember our two kids at a birthday party many years ago and, uh, uh, Zach had his shirt pulled up uh-huh. while my son was wearing a birthday hat looking at him and they were not like weird. Like, why is your shirt pulled up? Yeah. But more like, wow, that's cool. I'm going to pull my shirt up. Yeah. So that's it's uh part of their culture. That's, yeah. That's, that's part of, I feel like that's a kind of a template that's kind of like kind of, kind of led on this many years later. So I'm, I'm anxious to hear how it goes. It's going to, it's going to go well. He's been practicing really hard. Um, I'm, I'm excited for him. He's also prepping for the SATs. So that's, that's a whole other ball game, man. Just, just a whole other ball game. But. Yeah. That's a, um, that, that is, um, that's one of those things where you're like, um, you're not really involved in helping that much with that one. I shouldn't be. If he wants right? to score higher, I shouldn't be right. helping him with that. Yeah, this is one of the this the SAT is probably one of those tests where you're kind of like there and there as your kids get older, you, you reach you get into this one of the things where you're like, you, you're really you're doing this one. This one's really more you. Like if I help you, it it could actually take a few years off your life potentially right you change the trajectory of your life in a negative way <laughs> exactly right so yeah i've 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 seen that i i'm uh, soon I'm sending my kid off as the so in june he's right as school ends he he's going he he got accepted to uh officer training school in the civil air patrol which is like oh well, that's cool mm-hmm. and, and let's face it nobody knows what the hell that is but um, civil air patrol is a civilian auxiliary of the United States air force mm-hmm. and my son's in it. So he's a cadet in it and he's going to, so you're thinking, wow, that's cool. He's going to do that. And he, he does, he gets to speak. He gets to listen to, um, Ivy league professors and spend a couple weeks in, in a very intensive leadership training. Okay. That's great. But it's in Alabama. 
Right. And uh, and he's going on his own. And I'm not taking him because I don't want to go to Alabama. And right. so nothing, if I have listeners in Alabama, God bless you. I, I, I just, it's, it's you know, come on, it's summer. You know what it's like in Alabama in the summer. I mm-hmm. uh, I went to uh, college in uh in Georgia, as I was telling Steve, and, and I and I didn't like that there. I it's the first time I had to it, use talcum powder in a strategic way. Yeah, I didn't like that. It's like walking through soup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. S- soup that's completely that's rubbing on your junk the whole time. Okay, and so, <laughs> so, which that would be vegetable barley, by the way. Um, always, <laughs> always vegetable barley is rubbing your junk. It's, but, the, it's uh, the barley that really, <laughs> that really antagonizes the area. So anyway, he's he's going off on that. He's he, and he's got a he's he's got to pass that. He's got homework he needs to do before he even goes. Um, and so and I'm like, I'm not helping you with that. That's it, that's that's out of uh, this is an award you have to earn your own. I can't do it. He's going out of state even. I can't even, well, I could, but I'm not going to. I already said, I already said what I said about Alabama. So anyway, that's going to happen. So, so I'm hopeful. uh, I'm hopeful our kids turn out well in spite of us, Steve. That's all I'm saying. I, I agree. I, I, I hope, I hope for that as well. I really, I really do. Um, I, uh, I know that uh, Dave's probably pulling his hair out right now. Uh, listening to all the stuff that we're uh, we're talking about, but uh, okay, I think we gave him all the things he really loves. I think so. I mean, I Pop- didn't, I popcorn, didn't... urology, and uh, heartwarming stories about uh, rites of passage. I didn't even talk about Harry Potter. There's a whole new Harry Potter movie I'm going to go be go- going to see here pretty soon. But uh, I'll save that for when he gets back. Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> anyway, we have a couple of things coming up. We have a brand new minute from Tracy, and uh, we're going to do the headlines, of course. But right now we have a brand new sponsor and uh, you're going to hear that right now. We're earth friendly, others only talk at your favorite family meal in a deep fried box. Live on your shoes, don't forget your socks and walk, walk, walk down to chicken box. Here at Chicken Box, we know you can't always afford a big tub of chicken. That's why our poultry is sourced from the highest quality, low quality processing plants. Plus our food comes in a deep fried box made of tender chicken parts. Not an inedible cardboard bucket. That's innovation you can eat. Slip on your shoes, don't forget your socks. Don't run, just walk. Down to Chicken Box. Hello, my name is Elder Green. I would like to share with you this book of Jesus Christ. Hello, my name is Elder Young. Hello, did you know that Jesus lived here in the USA? The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints was founded in Illinois in the 19th century by their founding prophet, Les Schwab. Schwab, who was a beef rancher, led his growing group of followers west, where he spread his message of great customer service along with a proprietary catalog of automobile tires. Schwab and the church are known widely for their retention of devotees and their strong emphasis on family and employee relationships. 
For the Schwab family and their entire religious following, the largest ecclesiastical celebration is the Free Beef Festival, where children within the congregant body are given free beef in their backpacks at the beginning of each new school year. This has been Tracy's official retelling of Dave's Les Schwab experience. Minute. Uh, there are a couple of historical inaccuracies, but, um, but other than, I mean, I think that was, I think that was a, that was a fresh, <laughs> fresh day. Steve, I went to the temple. I got your the beef. Tour. You got, your I got the story. I got the beef. <laughs> oh. I think I'm about as much as an expert as anyone. That I'm so glad you worked in that free beef. We we did not talk about the beef nearly as much last week <laughs> about Les Schwab and the so and the beef. And that was that. Outside like, of the Northwest, do people know Les Schwab in in any meaningful way? I have no idea, but it's a it's a it's a very efficient, well run uh, tire company, and just as just as Tracy said, and. In February, at least in in our region, in February was free beef month, and when you bought tires, they loaded you up with beef, and <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't know if you put it in the tires. <laughs> the tires. Were- I I am I am not a Les Schwab customer, and I've never I live near one. I I like I five minute bicycle ride to a Les Schwab. I have not been to it. I have never gone to one in my life. I have, I, I'm a little, I'm more distrustful than Dave is. Like I, and I, I was quizzing my friends this week, like, uh, and I was trying to profile you. Like, are you a Les Schwab person? Really? And, uh, yes. And I, I, there's a, like, there's people like Les Schwab, Apple users, or I just, you know, just where I try to like, profile you you're probably this you're probably that and boy did i nail it with les schwab people yeah yeah you really you 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 feel like you have a good profile yeah but i mean back to dave's point though it's like uh they're all good people trustworthy and that they say the same things about les schwab that everybody else does and they, you know, they, they're just going to give me a couple of pamphlets and, and a couple of free books and help me understand a little kind of like how I can make Les Schwab a part of my life. But the thing about it is, is like, I just don't envision me in that lifestyle. In the Les Schwab lifestyle? Yeah, I just don't. I don't know. You know, if, if you find someday uh, where you have a flat tire. And you're rolling by a Les Schwab. They will, they will take you in, and they will, they they will patch that tire with a smile, and they'll ask you if you need anything else, and you'll say, "Great, how much do I owe you?" And they'll say, "It's on us today," and you'll you'll say, "Wait, how much is it really?" And then they'll say, "Well, we did notice that your you know tires are a little worn." And since your car is such and such, you really shouldn't buy just two tires. You're going to need to buy four. 
um, you'll find that their markup is a little higher. That's okay. They fixed your tire for free and they gave you a choice. And you'll probably end up choosing to get your tires at Les Schwab if that happens. But uh, it's hmm. not it's not a bad thing. It's not a, it's it's not a bad thing. It sounds like a lifetime commitment. I don't know if I'm ready for that. I don't know if it's a lifetime commitment uh, as much as Dave it's described a, that it was. I mean, I yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, they, they do have a customer service thing. You know what you're going to get, you know how it's going to be. And then, you know, whatever. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, you know, you know what? I, I, I really, I don't need to hear this. Um, mm-hmm. what I, what I really need to hear though, Tracy is, mm-hmm. uh, is the headlines. And now, straight from the Dave and Steve Show news desk in beautiful Anytown, USA Plaza, it's Tracy Green with this week's headlines. Oh, yeah! Our first story, American men's penises are only the 59th biggest in the world, a study reveals. The average length of uh, 5.35 inches is shorter than their Haitian, French, and Australian counterparts. Good. Yeah, the poll of 86 nations revealed that uh, Frenchmen's genitals of uh, 6.20 inches in length, while uh, Australia ranks 43rd at 5.69. Men in Haiti have an average penis size of 6.30 inches when erect, according to the data. <laughs> okay all right so who's the team that uh who's the team that went around and and objectively did this so now this is the most interesting thing because i went i was like okay how you whenever you hear things like this you wonder like how was this uncovered and this is actually something i talk to people about all the time about how it is that um that information can be used. So this is analyzed Google data. So this is using, uh, so the Google data in particular is used a lot more than people realize and not for, so don't think of this like as i I'm not talking about privacy issues. So don't confuse that. I'm talking about data being used in aggregate to determine statistics um, by region. And so a lot of times when they look for outbreaks, uh, they did this a couple of years ago with, before the, uh, the pan, uh, the global pandemic we just enjoyed, but, uh, the measles and pandemic that was, uh, going around, uh, they were doing it by County in our state where we had measles and they were determining based upon people's, uh, searches, localized searches, uh, about measles data by county and this is how they could uh they could tell and measure kind of like where maybe hot spots were based upon what people did so apparently um men all over the world do uh google um their own penis size to determine how it compares (laughs) with the world's penis size according to uh this study ecuadorian men apparently have the biggest penises uh at an average of uh, 6.93 inches while the smallest can be found in cambodia at just 3.95 okay i don't know why this is a couple of pieces here well no i you know what i'm not disputing anything i have no i i i have no skin in this game what i or uh foreskin apparently uh, 
That was the funny part of the joke. Um, but uh, so I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care, but I am interested in like, so you're saying that the data came from people Googling their own size to uh-huh. see how, how they measure up. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. There, there's flaws in this data. The data shouldn't be, this is, this is the average size of these people in these countries. This is the data is the average size of people concerned about this data in these countries. It's very specific, right? Because people that people that are, are endowed or not endowed know it. So this is, the, you're basically, you're measuring like you're the, Ecuador. If you're in Ecuador and you're like, Hey, my penis is 6.93 inches. What is, is this normal? I'm like the little guy in the shower room. And you're like, I mean, this could skew the, the averages. Though. We, it, okay. Yeah. There, there's also think of this, like how many, um, how many countries are using inches versus the metric system? That's, I mean, not many. So already there's a translation, you know, issue. Right? I mean, this sounds like, this sounds like a lot of backpedaling on your part. So, I mean, so you're, you were obviously Googled in this, uh, or amassed in this aggregate of data. So, uh, and you feel bad about it. So, um, so what do you really think? No, no, I'm saying the data is probably very, I mean, it's there, there's lots of ways you can use data. And so these are people that have self-measured and who knows where they're measuring from. Okay. <laughs> you know, where, where's the start? Where's the finish? Um, you know, are you taking into consideration um, the, uh, the, the pie factor? Are you, uh, when you, when you, uh, when you measure the, the curvature of, any arcs or curves that might naturally occur. This um, Dave was making the same argument about his, uh, his running trip on route 66. And so when he said, I ought to be in Joplin, Missouri by now. Sure. Like, no, no, you're still in, you're still in Illinois. Yeah. And he was so angry. And he said, where do, where do I get off saying that? But uh, anyway, <laughs> Online pharmacy from Mars analyzed Google data from 86 countries to come up with the findings. The pharmacist and spokesman for the company said most men have wondered at some point or another if their penises are big enough. He is quoted as saying penis size can be a massive impact on confidence and self-image. And if, you know, there's there's a car out there to compensate for wherever you, wherever you land. Okay? So... If you're driving the Civic, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> good for you. Um, that's that's all I have to say about that. Well said. Our second story, it's well known that regular exercise not only keeps your body in shape, but your brain cells too. Now, scientists say that working out can also keep your brain from shrinking. A recent study reveals that exercise keeps insulin and body mass index levels steady and in doing so may protect brain volume and reduce the risk of dementia. 
Okay. So, so who knew about that? <laughs> Not, I, I, I think I had read something about that, but I didn't, I didn't go into like the, the specifics. And also when I'm exercising, I'm, I'm pretty much just, um, focusing on like one or two. I'm not really, I don't, I don't know what my brain's really, if it's really growing while I'm, while I'm exercising, I'm not, I'm not thinking of smart things while I'm swimming. I, I, one of the things I love about exercise is that it is a complete physiological reset. So any anxiety, any thoughts that I have will be converted over to not dying. So that I like, I'm breathing really hard. My heart's pounding. It's my body is trying to desperately get oxygen to all the places that are just, that are calling in, asking for more supply of it. And, uh, and so all those things, all the BS that I normally think about goes away because the body takes over and says, Hey, put that stuff on hold because there's a decent possibility in five minutes. It won't matter. I'm sorry. I wasn't paying any attention to that. Yeah. <laughs> Older adults who are physically active gain cardiovascular benefits, which may result in greater structural brain integrity. People with dementia tend to have low levels of glucose metabolism. However, exercise and metabolism of glucose were not affected by insulin or body mass index levels. You know, so. when I'm swimming, I, I don't think I don't think about much at all. Did I already say that? Yeah, you did mention that. Oh, okay. You said, uh, you said uh, no smart junk happens when uh, me exercises. I That's right. That yeah, when I'm swimming, you. not much is going on in my head. Like I'm fixated on a few things. Did I already say that? Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing, Steve. Okay. Um, when I'm riding my motorcycle, it's it's one of those things where I the whole time I'm riding my motorcycle, all I'm thinking about is riding my motorcycle. Yeah. And so that's, uh, so I think, uh, that's kind of ushering in probably a predictable end for me, but it's kind of the way I wanted to go anyway. So. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. I, I'm always, I'm always waiting for the lifeguard to look away so I can breathe while I'm underwater. <laughs> if only they would. Yeah, they never do. Our third story, uh, Santa Claus is among 48 candidates running for Alaska's lone U.S. Senate seat following the death of last month of Republican Representative Don Young, who died uh, holding the job since 1973. That's the Nixon administration, for those of you keeping track. Wow. Uh, these candidates include a professor, an ex-governor, some fishermen, and some lawyers, but the two-term council member for the city of North Pole, Alaska, whose real name is indeed Santa Claus, hopes his name recognition will help him win his ticket to Washington, D.C. Well, um, there's, there's a lot of jokers that are already going to vote for Santa Claus anyway. So maybe, maybe this is Santa's year. Finally, that way he can uh, give up his job as a policeman in California. Exactly. So these guys, uh, so anyway, Claus has filed to run for the remainder of Young's term earlier this month. He will be facing off against some of Alaska's elite political figures, including former Governor Sarah Palin. Hmm. So well, there you have it. Good luck, I, Santa Claus. Yeah, good luck, Santa. Go, go get him. Go. It's, I, I think he's going to face some tough scrutiny on, you know, elf rights and whether or not he's paying those elves. 
there are some definitely some uh some uh human rights or at least elf rights situations that are going to need to be uh he's got some splaining to do let's just face it yeah anyway so good luck to him and uh and uh and all those in alaska who are participating in the democratic process so (laughs) yeah So, starting our fourth story, the long arm of the Canadian law could extend way out to the lunar surface as the government seeks to put Canadian astronauts on notice that if they commit crimes while on the moon, they still face criminal charges. The proposed amendment to the code that could include crimes committed on the moon can be found deep within a 443-page Budget Implementation Act that was tabled Tuesday in the Canadian House of Commons. Mm -hmm. Criminal code already accounts for astronauts who may commit crimes during space flights to the International Space Station, but any such crime committed there is considered to have been committed in Canada. But with Canada, Canada part of the Lunar Gateway Project, which includes a planned trip to the moon, the federal government has decided to amend the criminal code to incorporate those new space destinations. So if, uh, if I am to understand this, the gravity of the situation on the moon <laughs> is one sixth. So whatever the sentence is, is it one sixth the sentence or is it six times the sentence? That is an interesting, uh, that's an interesting point. And I'm, uh, uh, I am actually uh, kind of concerned about uh, what it is they might say about crimes uh, committed uh, in uh, Uranus. So, um, yeah, that's the only you know, space joke I got kind of chambered there. But with Canada, so in uh, the Budget Implementation Act under the uh, subhead Lunar Gateway, uh, Canadian crew members. The amendment reads: A Canadian crew member who, during a space flight, commits an act or commission outside Canada that is committed uh, in Canada would constitute an indictable offense with a C. Is uh, deemed to have been committed that act or omission in Canada. An astronaut was uh, a Canadian astronaut was arrested today for. Uh, forging checks on the on the lunar surface um not only will will the canadian be um you know punished the full um the full extent of canadian law but uh the bad checks and a picture of this astronaut's face will hang on the moon uh indefinitely um until the owner of the moon decides to take the picture and check down it's such a cruel punishment, but uh, Canada takes uh, uh, being a good citizen and law enforcement uh, very seriously. So the the first constable on the moon will definitely have some challenges ahead of him. Could so, you imagine being being a um, being an astronaut, uh, a Canadian astronaut on the moon, and you you take some of your you take some of your space ice cream or whatever you're making, you drop the you you, you litter out there and like a Canadian Mountie shows up out of nowhere, you know, horse has a space suit. The Mountie has a space suit. <laughs> Just Dudley do writing it all the way to the moon. It, it is going to be the craziest thing in the world. It reminds me of a, do you remember uh, that, uh, uh, was that there was a show about, uh, 
um, a short-lived show about a, a mountain. Something I think south, it was, yeah. Yeah, due south. Due south, yeah. Or due north, or something like that. But it was, uh, yeah, it was about this, uh, this uh, Royal Canadian Mountain. One of my favorite episodes was with uh, Leslie Nielsen, who appeared on it, and he was like an older, more grizzled um, Canadian Mountie, and that uh, the the other the other Mountie had been uh, um, he had been taken hostage, and he was. Uh, uh, put into the trunk of a car and uh, it was up to Leslie Nielsen to find him. And the, the Mountie had found popcorn or something in the car and he was throwing it out uh, of the car, leaving a popcorn trail. Uh-huh. And uh, later on in the episode, Leslie Nielsen comes into the scene and he says, Oh good. You found the popcorn. <laughs> I, I, um, I, I like Leslie Nielsen. Also, I understand Canadian Mounties are pretty badass. So, oh yeah. yeah, the um, I smarted off to one one time, and you might imagine that they were not amused. <laughs> oh, I'm, I yeah, yeah, I bet they were. Yeah, so uh, they yeah they are not amused, and uh, yeah, when it comes to uh, to law enforcement, um, they they are they are kind of uh, at the uh, at the upper echelon. So good on them. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, agree. Yeah. Any other uh, stories for us tonight? That's the news, Steve. All right. Well, we have um, managed to fill an hour of time despite uh, the fact that, um, you know, just the heart and soul core of the of the uh, the trio here is is gone. Uh, he'll be back uh, soon. Um, he, he is not uh, joined a member of the Norwegian Legion. Um, he is. Uh, He's just, he's, he's lacrossing it up. He's got a, he's got a lot of lacrosse to deal with right now. Yeah. So. And, and he's uh, hopefully uh, he'll uh, in, have great stories from North Dakota when he gets back. All right. Well, anything else for you uh, from you there, Tracy? Looks like I'm going to be gone next week. I have a work conference uh, that I was uh, hustled into um, post uh, post pandemic. And uh, I was told, Hey, you've worked real hard. You need to just go to this conference. No pressure. You just have to be an attendee. So right. I said, great. That'd be great. And then they said, oh, wait, hold on. We have a three-hour pre-conference session we need you to speak on. So <laughs> could you do that? And I was like, well, yeah, sure. Why not? So I have that ahead of me in in, uh, in a beautiful undisclosed city. And so I'm going to be I'm going to be there and uh, doing that. Well, good luck for you. If you're not going to be here next week, I will because... I did not get selected for jury duty. I was excused. So oh, that's, that's a shame. Yeah, I know. I was kind of looking forward to doing my civic duty, but also it was a long trial that they were going to have me be a part of. So um, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. So maybe next time. I think I'm, I'm kind of like immune to that now because the last time I was selected for jury duty, my, my excuse to get out of it was I had to be in court for another thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like oh okay oh. well we'll just cross your name off that so oh I won't say you want what me to serve about. on the jury for the thing that i'm do that i did i mean uh allegedly did yeah that's yeah maybe not yeah, um, so that, that that didn't work out and surprisingly i've not been called back since all right well if that's uh if that's all um for uh dave and for tracy and for Steve, we'll get to you next time on the Dave and Steve Show.
What kind of a car does an egg drive? A Yolks wagon. <laughs>